Now, before we get into the episode, I just want to let you know that I have created a free pension calculator dashboard where you can basically fill in bits of information about your current pensions and what they're projected to be. And it's going to calculate for you your pension gap. And that's going to basically help you work out if you are on track with how much you're paying into your pension or not. So if you want your free copy, DM me the word pension on Instagram or send me an email with the word pension and I will send you access to the free tool. Okay, now let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Mind Money Soul podcast. I am your host, Laura Ann Moore. I'm a money and mindset coach and financial wellbeing speaker. And my mission is to help you feel good about money and learn how to use money as a tool to live your best life and work towards financial freedom, whatever that means to you. Every week, I explore the emotional, practical, and spiritual sides of money. So if you're ready to get financially confident, grow your money, and achieve your big life goals, then you're in the right place. Change your mindset, grow your money, feed your soul. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Mind, Money, Soul. And today is the second part in the pension series um, where we are going to answer the question of should I be saving my money in a pension or in an ISA? Now, in the last episode, we talked about why pensions are important in the first place and what they even are. So I break them down in a bit more detail. And today we're going to talk about the benefits and the downfalls of pension products. Um, And then we're going to talk about the other ways in which you can prepare for retirement and also compare the differences against pensions versus ISAs. Now, one thing that people get very overwhelmed and confused by, I, you know, have also had this, is all the different types of financial products out there and all the different ways to use them. But one thing I found really helpful is when you understand the pros and the cons and the rules and the features of each product, it helps you to make a decision that is right for you. It helps you to, um, that knowledge fuels the confidence as you make financial decisions about where you're putting your money and how you're planning, planning and preparing for retirement. So knowledge is power, people. So, Pensions are just one way that you can prepare for your retirement. Now, whether that's for your workplace pension, whether that's through a personal pension, um, but the other ways that you can prepare for retirement are through business, property and investments, the three main ways. Now, when I say prepare for retirement, I literally just mean having a source of income that is not coming from a salary or a job. So it's not you swapping your time for money, it's you having semi-passive or passive income, whereby you don't have, um, you know, you're not, yeah, you're not swapping your time for money. So business, I'm just going to touch on business and property very lightly. um, And then we're going to talk a little bit about investments, but having a passive or semi-passive income from a business. Now you might build up a business throughout the course of your life in your later years, whatever that looks like. And you could, that, that's an asset. Having a business that you are the shareholder of, you that is an asset. So if you sell it or you sell your shares, you get money for it. So if you build a business, you could sell it and you could get a lump sum of money. Alternatively, you could be like a non-exec director on the board, or you could just remain a shareholder whereby you're getting um, payouts like in dividends from just being a part of that business. So that's two two different ways that business could create money or a source of income for your retirement. Then property. Now, if you own your home and you get the mortgage cleared, by the time that you become retired, 
you not only do not have to worry about the fees of like you re- you basically reduce your living costs as a pensioner because you're not paying rent or a mortgage. So if you get it cleared, you're reducing your costs and how much money you actually need as a pensioner. Also, if you downsize and sell your home and go somewhere smaller and cheaper, that's also going to help because if you owned a million pound home, you've cleared the mortgage and then you downsize to something that's smaller and it's like 600,000, you then have a lump sum of 400,000 pounds to play with, to use that can go towards your retirement funds. That's how owning your home could help. Um, And even if you didn't have the mortgage fully cleared, you'd still make a profit if you downsized and the value of the new house was less because you obviously have equity in the home. So you'd clear off the mortgage and then you would have the difference. Now, also, you could be like a landlord. So you could have a property portfolio that you rent out to tenants. Now you could either remain a landlord if somebody else like managed the property and you would get a regular income from the tenants paying for the mortgage. Um, by this point, maybe the mortgage is paid off and that's full income to you or maybe the mortgage is still going and but you're making a bit of profit. Either way, that's how having a property portfolio can bring you that income. Or you could even sell those houses. So... Yeah. So that's how like property and business could support. Now, obviously that's an extremely in-depth topic and we could go into it loads, um, but I just wanted to touch on it. And also I don't really know the tax implications of all of that. I know the rules are changing a lot, especially as being a landlord, um, but still great investments. Now, the key thing, however, is like our grandparents and parents and great-grandparents, if you live in the UK, are obsessed with property. Like the obsession over property is wild, but the issue is that, yes, it's a great financial investment, but it's a lot less accessible for people. So it's harder to get on the stock, uh, on the property ladder from a young age. Um, Like a 50, something crazy, like 52 or 58% of people that buy houses, like a first time buyers have got money from the bank of mum and dad. So basically their parents pay for them which is great if you can do that. Obviously, it's a very privileged position, but that's just to highlight where a lot of that money is coming from. Now, all of this aside, whilst getting on the property ladder is harder, investing on the stock market and getting on the stock market ladder is a lot easier and a lot more accessible. Now, the way that you would do this or the most tax efficient way that you would invest on the stock market is through an ISA. Now, ISA stands for Individual Savings Account and they're tax wrappers, which is essentially a tax efficient account that you can save and invest your money in. So I'm just going to touch on the three different ones that you could utilize when it comes to planning for your retirement. So first off, you've got a stocks and shares ISA. Now, a stocks and shares ISA, it literally allows you to buy and sell stocks and funds on the stock market. So it's kind of like a gift card where you would load your money up and then you are spending that money, not at Zara, but on the stock market. Now, the way that it works with an ISA, with ISA limits, is every single year, if you live in the UK, you get a £20,000 ISA limit. So from April to April, whereby you can put up to £20,000 into an ISA or across all of your ISAs. And any interest that you make on that money is tax-free. So for example, if you put £10,000 into a stocks and shares ISA and you make a 7% return, that'd be £700. You don't pay any tax on that £700. So... um, In this instance, the great thing about stocks and shares, ISA, is that you have a lot more control over how and where your money is being invested, and it's more easy access. So the way that you would access your money would be by selling off bits of your investments. So you'd sell back bits of your shares or your funds. You'd liquidate your assets, basically, and you'd turn that into cash, and then that's the cash that is your income source. 
So that is one great way, great tax efficient way to grow your money through investing on the stock market. You get started literally at any point. Um, and you can utilize this option to prepare for retirement. Now, another ISA is called a lifetime ISA. Now, this is not an investment account. This is a savings account. So essentially, that money is being held in cash and you get like a bit of interest on it, but it's not being invested on the stock market. Now, a lifetime ISA is an account that was is created whereby you can put up to £4,000 in there and the government will top up your money with 25% bonus. So if you did put the full, if you maxed out your lifetime ISA limit of £4,000 per year, the government would give you £1,000 because obviously 25% of £4,000 is 1000 So you then have £5,000 in there. Now you can open this account if you are a UK resident between the ages of 18 and 39, but you can only use this money for your first property or for your retirement. So there are some rules around it being your first property. The property has to be of a certain value, depending on what location it is. Um, and then for retirement. So obviously you have to be retirement age to or pension age to access that money. So they a lifetime ISA acts a little bit as a pension in the way of like there's rules around who can have it and when you can access that money. Um, but like I said, that money is not being invested. Then you have something called a lifetime stocks and shares ISA, which is a combination of the two products products, which basically means the rules still apply, whereby you have to be between the ages of 18 to 39, and the money can still only be used for your first property or for retirement. But your money that is in there can be invested on the stock market. Okay. So let's say you put £4,000 in there, the government tops it out with 25%, which means you have an extra grand, which means you've now got £5,000 in there. You can now invest that whole £5,000 onto the stock market. So it's like two lots. It's like bonus money that you can then grow, which is which is super cool. But the key thing to know here with a lifetime ISA and a lifetime stocks and shares ISA is that, like I said, you cannot pull that money out unless it is for your first property or for retirement. If you do try to take it out because you can't get access to it, you get a 25% penalty. Now you might listen to that and think, oh, well, if I'm getting a 25% bonus, it doesn't matter if I take it out because it's a 25% penalty. However, the penalty is on the whole amount. It's on the entire amount. So the penalty on top of that, not only do you lose the bonus, but you actually lose a little bit of your original like amount that you put in. So if you put £4,000 in, you got the £5,000 bonus. If you then decided to take it out, not only would you lose that £1,000 bonus, but you lose a little bit of the £4,000 as well. So that's just something to take into consideration. Now, let's compare these ISAs to pensions. Now, before I just talk about uh, the benefits and the pros and cons. Let me just explain a little bit about how you take money from a pension. So let's say you've pay been paying in to a pension your whole life. That money is sat there. When you get to pension age, you can either take your money out as an income, as a lump sum, or as a combination of both. Now, currently you have to be 55 or over to start taking money from your workplace or your personal pension. And this age is called the normal minimum pension age. So NMPA for short. Um, apparently it's going to increase, the age is going to increase to 57 in April, 2028. And that'll probably continue to go up as well. But the key thing here is if you want to retire before the normal minimum pension age of 55, then you need retirement income from elsewhere because you can't access your pension. Now, the different ways that you can take money from your workplace or your personal pension, if it's a standard personal pension, is that you can get 
something called annuity, which is a guaranteed income for life. So you would use the money in your pension pot, the total amount, to purchase something called annuity. You get a quote for it. And it basically is transferring that money into lifelong income. So they would say for this amount, you can get paid out, I don't know, a grand every single month for the rest of your life, no matter whether you live 10 years or whether you live 30 years. So that's called annuity. And you can get a quote for this nearer to your retirement age. Then your other option is you can cash in your pension, which is basically you withdraw some or all of your pension money as a lump sum of cash. Or you can use it for something called an income drawdown, whereby you are drawing down, you're withdrawing that money directly from the fund. The remaining money that's in there stays growing on the stock market and you just take an annual income from what is there, but the rest of the money is left in there to keep growing. So the difference between the two is annuity is you are transferring all of that money into lifetime income. So for example, it'd be like going to the, um, it'd be like going to the arcade and getting all of the tokens. You give over all of the tokens in return for lifetime income. So no matter whether you live 10 years, 50 years, you're always getting an income. Whereas the income drawdown, you are taking sections of it, chunks of it to live per year, but everything that's left in there remains growing on the stock market. And each year you just draw down from that. And you can also take a combination of all of the above options, depending on who your um, pension, like what your pension scheme is, who your pension provider is. So you've got to actually talk to uh, your pension company to find out like what options they even offer. But either way, um, all of them, you can take up to 25% of your pension pot as a tax-free lump sum right at the start. So that's an option. Now, the benefits of paying into a pension are that with a workplace pension, you get employer contribution. And with the workplace and personal pensions, you get something called tax relief. So your employer contribution, as I've mentioned before, I mentioned it on the last episode, is where your employer will match what you contribute and uh, it's, it's, you know, it's free bonus money. Now, let me break down for you what tax relief is. Let me tell you, just to make you feel better, it took me a really like good chunk of time for my brain to understand tax relief. I don't know why, but I found the concept really confusing. But now I think I've been able to break it down in a way that really makes sense. Now, one of the biggest advantages of saving into a pension is that it can reduce your tax. So any money that you pay into a pension qualifies for something called tax relief. And this will provide an instant boost to your savings and helps your money grow quicker. Now, what it means is your pension provider can claim back tax from HMRC and it adds that amount to each contribution you make. So if you are a basic rate taxpayer, you will get 20% tax relief. So for every pound that you pay into a pension, it becomes £1.25. Now, if So it's kind of like, so the way it works is it's like getting a 25% increase or bonus to every contribution you make. Now, if you are a higher rate taxpayer, you get 40% tax relief, which means for every pound that you pay in, that pound basically becomes £1.66. So depending on obviously what um, income tax rate you're at will depend on what tax relief you get. But every time that you pay money into that pension, you're getting tax relief. So that money has got an instant boost and it's growing And the more you pay in and the more your employer pays in in a workplace, obviously not on a personal, the more you actually receive back from the government. So that's always nice. So that's that's probably one of the biggest benefits of having a pension. Now, the downsides of having a pension is that you absolutely can't touch that money um, until the pension age, which starts at 55, unless there are circumstances, for example, if you get really ill 
you can access that money, but we're talking just in general. With a workplace pension and a standard pension, you also have little say over where that money is being invested because your employer is choosing the pension provider. The pension provider is the one who creates and provides the funds and your money is just being invested for you. Now, the key thing to know here is that you can have a combination of both pensions and ICEs. It doesn't have to be one or the other. So let's answer the question of, should I invest my money into a pension or into the stock market through an ISA? Now, if you are currently an employee, workplace pensions are an amazing opportunity for maximizing your money because when you pay in, your employer pays in and you get tax relief. So it's kind of like, I saw this quote once that said, um, it's kind of like a meal deal, like you buy the sandwich and then the employer puts the drink in and the tax relief is like the snack. (laughs) Like who doesn't want more bang for their bang? Bang for their buck? Bang for their buck. So essentially, if you are an employee and you have a workplace pension, pensions are really great to pay into if you can look to max out the contribution to have the the maximum what your employer matches because of all the bonus money that you get, basically. Now, if you're self-employed and you have a personal pension, um, the benefit is that even though you don't get your employer contribution, you do get tax relief. So it's still a bonus to your money. Now, if you are a director of your own limited company, so not self-employed, but a director of your own limited company, you can have a personal pension and you can make contributions from your company into a essentially a director's pension. So it's a tax efficient way to, to save for retirement because you get tax relief and this also reduces your corporation tax. So it's a double Now, the benefit of having your money invested in the stock market in a stocks and shares ISA instead of a pension is that you have more control over what you're investing into. You could pick different stocks. You could pick your own funds, etc. And you have more control when you get access to that money. So it's not that one is better than the other. They both have their own place. They both have their own reasons. It's just really look worth understanding and looking at when you want to retire, how much you want to retire on and what this actually looks like. Um, Because it may be a benefit for you to pay into both a pension and a separate investing account. Now, obviously, we're also leaving out like property and business, but that's 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 another conversation for another day. But if we are comparing paying into a pension or paying into an ISA, then it's really about when you want to access that money, really. Um, And also about the bonus money that you get through having the pension. Now, what I will say is that, like I said, pensions, stocks and shares ISAs, lifetime stocks and shares ISAs, all of that money is being invested. So obviously with investments that your capital is at risk, your investment value can both rise and fall. So it's really important to know that this is not a get rich quick thing. It really is for the future. Now, unless you are part of the FIRE movement, financially independent, retire early, and you literally want to retire within the like the next, you know, 10, 15 years, we're talking, you know, way ahead into the future when you're 55 or plus. Obviously, if you're listening to this and you're like in your 40s or your 50s and you're like, Laura, my, my retirement is not that far away. That's totally okay because you've probably been paying into a pension for longer than most of us. So the key thing is that I would say is I highly recommend to learn about the stock market, investing and understanding things like compound interest and how your money grows, because that's also going to help you understand paying into pensions and investing your money for the future. Now, if you get a lifetime ISA and you are only saving money for the future and you're not investing it, whilst it feels like it's safe because it's in cash 
and in a lifetime ICU, you get the government bonus of 25%. That money is losing its buying power due to inflation. So that's something really important to think about. This is why we invest. We invest to beat inflation and to grow our money over time to actually make our money work harder for us. Now, what I will say is that with ISAs, you are allowed one type of each ISA. So you could have one stocks and shares ISA, one lifetime ISA, one cash ISA, and you have to stick to the £20,000 limit across all of those ISAs. So if you maxed out your limit and you put £4,000 into a lifetime ISA, that would leave you with £16,000 on your limit to pay into the other types of ISAs. Now, remember, this is per tax year as well. So it's April to April, not Jan to December. And your limit on how much you can pay into your pensions is £60,000. So that's the numbers. That's the kind of way it breaks down. And hopefully that helps you understand and compare the different products so that you know that there's not really a right away, right away, <laughs> right or wrong way. It's just understanding what you want from your, from your retirement and understanding the way that it works. But they're the different options and they are the different products. And it's going to look different for everybody. You could look to pay some into your pension, pay some into a stocks and shares ISA and be saving up for a house that you can do a combination um, but in the next episode, I'm going to be answering the question of how much should I have for retirement and how much should I be saving every single month? So I'm excited about this one because we are going to go be breaking it down. Um, yeah, but I hope you found this uh, episode useful. Please do drop me a DM or slide into my emails if you have any questions or anything you want me to answer. And if you haven't yet already, press follow or subscribe on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listened to your podcasts, please do do that. It would be so, so helpful. Um, the Spotify wrapped thing came out this week and I was in the top 10 for 3,000 listeners and honestly shed a little tear. Um, but I do not have 3,000 followers. So y'all that are lurking in the background, please do give me a little follow or subscribe because it helps me continue to make all of this free content for you. So anyway, have a lovely week and I will see you next week. Love ya. Bye. Bye.